All right, guys, welcome back to the CP for Three podcast with Christian Pentagos and Jack Brigamini. How are you doing today, Jack? I'm doing good today, CP. And today's a special day. We have a, we have a guest from the Battle of New York, the CEO of the Battle of New York, Kyle Sinnott. Kyle, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, hey, guys. So I run Battle of New York. Battle of New York is a New York sports website. So we cover all the major core four teams in the New York area. And we also cover the Buffalo Bills. So we write a lot of articles, put uh, different podcasts and videos and uh, it's a really great site yeah it's definitely a you guys are definitely up and coming I've been following you for a while even a writer for your site so when you started like what prompted you to start in the first place so I actually wrote for a New York Islanders uh, like blog website and I was realizing that I can do things a bit better than how they were running it and how I wanted a bit more control over what was happening mm-hmm. I remember I did an interview with Oliver Wallstrom who's one of the top prospects in the, in the New York Islanders system. And I didn't like how the article was really being promoted and I thought I could really do more. So I originally started Battle New York off as an Islanders and Rangers website and I expanded baseball and we just kept expanding. So now we cover, I think it's nine teams right now. Um, but yeah, we're really, we're really doing well. Um, we started off with just a couple writers. You've been there really early. Um, but now we're up to around 25 writers. We have a couple of graphic designers. We just did a whole new website and we're really on the up. Yeah, that's that's really cool. You guys definitely do it the right way on like a bunch of other pages we've seen out there. But uh, I know you're a big you're big into hockey and uh, baseball. You're, you're an Islanders fan, right? Yeah, I'm a big Islanders fan. Um, obviously, I know a lot about the Rangers because mm-hmm. uh, hockey is my hockey is my biggest sport. So I know a lot about them also because they're the Islanders' rival. But um, I really just know a lot about all the sports. Like, I, I could tell you stuff like the Charlotte Hornets. Like, I could tell you stuff mm-hmm. like really random things about pretty much all teams. So yeah, yeah, I'm definitely really big into basketball, football, baseball, hockey, and even boxing and kind of tennis a little bit. It's kind of weird. Uh, yeah, with us not being like huge hockey fans, like we honestly haven't heard much about the NH- NHL like restarting with coronavirus. I know that they have like, I think they're playing two hub cities that they're gonna do, but they haven't have they even announced those cities specifically like what what do you, do you think their restart's going to work like the nba's starting place so all the rumors are that it's going to be edmonton and toronto is the two hubs so people were saying that Van- it was vancouver las vegas toronto edmonton were like the big four um i'm definitely missing I, there's also chicago in there i'm definitely missing a city or two but it's kind of gone down to Edmund, edmonton and toronto i know vegas is kind of falling back a bit because Nevada's not really doing well with coronavirus. Uh, Vancouver, their plans just kind of shut down. I don't really know the logistics of all that, but it looks like it's going to be Edmonton and Toronto. Canada's done a much better job of controlling the virus than we have. So what they're probably going to do is put the West in. Honestly, I think they're going to put the West in Toronto and the East. I mean, yeah, and the East in Edmonton, even though the Eastern Conference, like the Maple Leafs playing the Eastern Conference team and the Oilers playing Edmonton in their Western Conference, but they don't want to give any team some form of a home ice advantage. And the Oilers and Maple Leafs are both going to be in in the 2014 playoffs. They don't want to give anyone an advantage, so they're probably going to switch the conferences. So do you say there's going to be a 2014 postseason for hockey? Yeah, so how they're doing it is they're going to have almost like a play-in round, so it's not the playoffs yet. So they have – it's uh 16 teams i want to say uh yeah i think 16 teams are doing a play-in and if they win that best of five series they'll then make it to the first round of the playoffs because there were some teams where they were on the outside looking in but the race was really tight and they didn't want and they wanted to make it so those teams would still have a chance to make it into playoffs 
So honestly, I like how they're doing it. Um, it's definitely a lose-lose situation, but I think they're making the most out of it. Yeah, because we've seen there could definitely be a wrong way to do this restart, as we've seen with baseball, I think, because it took, there was a lot of like controversy with how they were going to restart. And we've seen other leagues like the NBA. They've been really adaptable. Like They were able to put a plan in place. They have a lot of information about what they're going to do, and it still might not even work. So for baseball, with it, there being so much controversy and confusion, I, it's not looking too good, especially if they're not using any hub cities. They're just playing like it's regular. So do you think baseball is going to have an issue restarting? Um, of course. So for baseball, you have teams playing in Tampa or teams in Miami with the Marlins and the Rays, or you have the Astros and the Rangers in Texas. And kind of, I think it's like 30 states have seen uptake in their cases. So if you're going to, are you going to want to send teams into a potential hotspot? So Florida is kind of like, is kind of screwed in what's going on over there. And if I'm, if I'm the Steinbrenners, do I want to send the Yankees into Miami? Because the Yankees are going to have to play Miami because like how they're doing is the AL East plays the NL East and that's kind of how they're doing it to restrict travel. But mm-hmm. are you going to want to send your team to Florida t- to play two teams? I don't think so. Yeah, because I think traveling also becomes a huge issue. Even if they're dividing like who you're playing geograph- geographically, like you're playing teams that are close to you. But even with all the travel, it's just you're traveling between all these states, I think it just involves so much more risk on like the NBA, which even with the hub city, we're seeing such an increase in cases, especially with the Brooklyn Nets the past few days, like they're getting their seasons over basically because of these, these cases. So it's a lot of uncertainty that's going on right now. Of course. What do you yeah. think about baseball? Obviously had a super public disagreement about how the season should start. And most of it was concerning just with salaries. Do you think this is going to hurt baseball's popularity or growth this year? Oh, of course. So I remember just reading on Twitter, this is kind of when the negotiations were going on and people were saying how even if the season's back, they're not going to want to watch baseball. And I was seeing a lot of tweets about people saying how they were diehard fans of a particular team and they realized that they didn't miss baseball all that much. So honestly, like a hit. Um, long-term ramifications are going to be really huge. It's kind of going to be similar to what happened with baseball after the 94 labor strike. But I don't think we're going to – we're not going to have a steroid hour and have – Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire get the MLB out of this. You think a 60 game, 60 game season is way too short for them to actually have a legitimate uh, MLB champion? Because that's definitely been a question with the NBA. Um, I, it's definitely a concern for me. Um, I think that you'll get some form of a real winner from it because I think with 60 games and adding the playoffs, you'll get, I think it was around 70% of the playoff teams that would typically be in it but you're still going to have those 30%. So I think – I'm not entirely sure, but I think the Washington Nationals, if this format happened last year, I don't think they'd be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, then your champion, so then your champion would be different. Um, honestly, if they did – if they depends on how they do the expanded – depends on how they handle an expanded playoff or if they're going to kind of change some things, then it'd be a bit intriguing. Um, but who knows? 60 games for baseball really isn't a lot. It's about 30 – it's about 37% of what – our regular baseball season is typically like. So it's definitely. Yeah, like for, for the NBA, I keep telling myself that this is going to be like a real champion because they've only, they only missed out on about 15 regular season games and they're going into the playoffs. And I think if one of the three teams like the Bucks, the Lakers or the Clippers ends up winning championship ever, all the fans would be like, oh, 
no, nothing changes is what was supposed to happen. But if an, a team like, let's say, the Mavericks somehow ends up winning, then it becomes put into question, like, was this legitimate? What, how did this happen? This wasn't supposed to happen. So it's things like that where it's just going to matter who, who ends up winning, I think, then it would change the perspective on how they were able to restart in, like, five years, how people look back on it. I think it all depends on kind of who gets hurt. So uh, we talked about this on like the Bal like our and Bal New York at ours at our other podcast, mm-hmm. and we were saying how it all kind of depend on the players that were injured, and it's a I'm, that didn't play actually, and definitely that's an interesting. It's a weird way of looking at it, but if you have a guy like Kawhi Leonard or you have a guy like Anthony Davis that don't play because they coronavirus, yeah, then that's gonna have a really big impact on who wins the championship. But if you have guys like with Annette, so Wilson Chandler's not playing, and Spencer Dimity might not play. Although Chandler and Dimity are very good players, the Nets didn't have much of an NBA shot to win it. And I'm a Nets fan. I hope, I hope they win it all, but I just don't see it happening, even if they had everyone back minus Katie and Kyrie. Do you think yeah, baseball yeah. – sorry, Jack. But do you think baseball is going to see an uptick of players opting not to play? Um, definitely, yes. We saw a couple of guys like um, – we saw Ryan Zimmerman say he's not going to play. We saw – uh, I think it was Ian Desmond. There's definitely going to be a couple of players. I don't think it's going to be a huge amount because with baseball, their whole thing was when and where and how they were saying how they're just, they just want to play baseball, even though they knew what was going on. So I think you're definitely going to get a handful of players, but not more than 20 at most. Yeah, because there could definitely be a huge difference if players end up getting the coronavirus or end up getting injured. Like We don't know how players' bodies are going to react to being put on the court after three months of not playing like five on five. We have no idea. We, it could be beneficial or it could hurt them. Like we're not going to know until it happens. So I think that just puts into question how successful this NBA season is going to be, or perhaps baseball, if it's different with them, how, how legitimate their champion is going to be. Because I know in baseball, it's much more, there's no like, t- there's title contenders, but it's much more open. Is that correct? You, you would say? Yeah, like with the Nationals, no one expected them to win the World Series. You have a lot of times where you have a team that was in the wild card that goes on a run and wins it all. I remember the San Francisco Giants a couple of years ago when they won, no one expected them. Um, obviously, Nationals are definitely a bunch of teams. So we know that the Yankees and the, and the Astros are kind of contenders every year. But there's every once every five years, you have that random team that wins it all. And we had that last year. Yeah. Speaking, speaking that of the type Astros, of thing. I'm oh, sorry. That type of thing doesn't happen in basketball, which is interesting. It's usually you know who really has a chance of winning it all. But, yes, you could go ahead. Do you think this interrupted season helped people forget about the Astros? Um, I think a bit. So I know how on Twitter I felt like the Houston Astros, like the like the tour about how they're going to try and hit players, and it's kind of funny. Actually, I do hate the Astros, as a lot of people do. Um, it's definitely taking a light off them. I think once baseball like really starts up and you see clips of Altuve and Bregman and Springer in spring training, you'll see like the fans will start to hate them again. And people could, this sounds kind of dumb, but people can almost come together in their hatred over the Astros. Um, so I think when the season starts back up, people will remember what happened, but it definitely is simmered down a bit. Yeah, that's definitely true. So I think we've covered, definitely covered the hockey and the baseball aspect. But now just moving on to football, it's definitely different because all the signs pointing towards the NFL or that it's going to happen and they haven't really put out any plan. It's just like everything's normal. Do you think 
football is just going to have to put a plan in place or they're just going to go on like nothing's happening because it's certainly a different industry, the NFL. I think there's just too much money in the game to not put it on. Football is one of the biggest money makers in in sports. It's one or two, I'm not entirely sure, mm-hmm. of the leagues that make the most money. So there's just too much money from sponsorships to the players to, to jerseys, really everything. Obviously, they're going to take a hit in concession sales and tickets, but there's so much more than that. Um, I think they're going to have football. They might have it without fans and kind of do what the Premier League's been doing or La Liga or some of the leagues overseas for soccer. But there's, I think there's going to be football, even if it might be condensed or delayed a bit. I think yeah. football, honestly, in my opinion, might be one of the biggest losers because so many people go to football games as an event, like the tailgating, the atmosphere, whereas, say, basketball, baseball, and hockey, people like the sport more. What do you think about that, that they could lose some popularity just from people not being able to go as just to hang out? Um, honestly, I don't think that it's going to have a long-term implication for it. Um, obviously, you're going to have some fans that are going to miss tailgating. Um, I've gotten a couple of games and I've tailgated, but I don't think that it's really going to change the game all that much. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just one, it's kind of the same thing. It's just not being able to go to a game. That's true. Football. It's, it, there's never really been a question as if it's going to happen. I feel like with all these other sports, they've had to get garner so much more like controversy and just plan out. But for football, it's always been like, no, America needs football. Football's happening. Like it's, there's no question, but yeah, I think, you could say that- yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you can say the same thing about college football, how they're mm-hmm. acting as if they're full steam ahead, but no one really knows. True. And then that's a whole other question of could college football happen if the actual college isn't in session? Yeah. That is true. So, Kyle, are you a, are you a Giants or Jets fan? So, this is definitely kind of odd. Um, I root for both. It's, it's really weird. I don't think that you're a true rival. I don't definitely I'd hate for this, but I don't think you're a true rival if you play in different conferences. And I would kind of say the same thing about the Mets and Yankees. I don't view them as like legitimate rivals. Um, so I do root for both teams. I know more about Jets and Giants. However, if the Gi- if the Giants and Jets played off in the Super Bowl, I would probably root for the Giants. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I'd probably give them a one percent smidge over the Jets, but it's really close. Because I was I've been planning to ask you the question of who would you rather? Who do you think's the best? Josh Allen, Sam Darner, Daniel Jones. And then the other day you posted it on your own account and you picked Daniel Jones, you said. Yeah, I, I give it to Jones. Um, I actually uh-huh. asked Mike Vaccaro, who's a New York Post writer, uh, this question a couple weeks ago because I interviewed him for my site. Mm-hmm. And he gave it to Darnold. I, I give it to Daniel Jones just because he's so calm and composed. I actually wrote about this a little bit. But I feel like he doesn't make that much mistakes. He's really unflappable. He honestly seems almost like a Eli Manning prototype again, um, which is really funny considering the Giants, Eli Manning just retired. Uh, with Darnold and Allen, I just think they make too many dumb decisions. I remember with Josh Allen against the Texans in the wild card game, yeah. Al- Allen tried to flip the ball as he was going down. It's a that good idea, bad. but yeah. Yeah, it's a good idea in theory, but you don't do that in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with Darnold, I remember when he was playing the Miami Dolphins and he was getting hit. He tried throwing the ball and it went up straight in the air and it got intercepted. So I feel like Daniel Jones makes the lesser mistakes of the three out of the three of them. But um, I think Darnold has the highest ceiling. 
interesting. Yeah, I know CP's been a Darnold fan for a while, and I definitely think Darnold is the best prospect out of all of them. I think he's in a really unfortunate situation with the Jets, considering just the team they've surrounded him with, even perhaps their coach. Like, he's had to go through multiple coaches already in his short career. And it, I think it just hasn't been a good situation. He got mono last year, and he was still managed to go 7-6, and six, which is pretty impressive. But I totally understand why you would pick Daniel Jones. He definitely, I feel like, has the better quarterback body, if that makes any sense. I think – sorry to interrupt you, but I would think it'd have to be uh, Sam Darnold because he has the best arm, best vision. Um, I think he can overcome the Jets' dysfunction better. I honestly, if I was the Giants, I would have taken him in the draft over Saquon Barkley, which seem, seem, may seem crazy to say because Saquon, Saquon. But I feel like when you talk about the Giants, Saquon Barkley is the type of player you get when you're one player away from a team. And the Giants were nowhere near that. I think when you're rebuilding, you got to take a quarterback. And I still think Daniel Jones is a massive reach, but I'm hoping he ends up being good. Yeah. Honestly, at the time, I think for the Giants, like Quentin Nelson could have been the pick, who's one of the best guards in the NFL for the Colts. But my thing with Darnold is, obviously he was 7-6, and six, but the Jets had a really easy schedule when he was playing. Like, I remember they played the, they played the Bengals. They played, obviously played the Dolphins twice. The Bills were kind of winnable, and they blew that game week one. I just think there were a lot of times where Darnold – there were times where Darnold looked phenomenal, and – even two years ago against the Packers, he looked like an, like a Pro Bowl quarterback. But there were also times where he looked like he belonged as a backup. And I just don't trust that as a franchise quarterback. Yeah, they definitely all have their flaws of the three quarterbacks. But it's definitely a great thing how these three New York teams have franchise quarterbacks. I think that's great for the league, great for New York, because it's always better when the New York teams are better. Which brings me to my next question. Um, do you think when New York teams are good, just the leagues benefit from it as a whole? Well, yeah, of course. New York is one of the biggest markets. So you could say that for all sports. But mm-hmm. in, in New York, New York and L.A., New York, L.A., Chicago, Miami, Dallas, all the big cities, whenever those teams are good, it's better for the league. They bring in more money. Their ratings are higher. They sell more tickets. And the league just does better as a whole. So like in the NBA, how we have the Knicks that – are so so bad and although the Knicks still do well because they're Knicks and they still bring in a ton of fans the NBA would love for the Knicks to be one of the best teams in the league that would actually be the best thing for the league as a whole right now yeah because so so many of these New York teams have just been bad for so long if you you can even say the Giants even though they've had success in the past with Eli Manning like they've been bad for a while now and the Jets and the Nets weren't good until not even yet. Next year, they'll be good. But it's, it's been really tough for New York because they just haven't had a lot of success, which definitely makes leagues less exciting. I honestly think the New York sports are the worst-run professional sports in the, the world for one city. Like Jack just said, the, the Nets were awful. The Giants are awful now. The Jets aren't that good. The Mets are very questionable. I don't, I don't know much about hockey, but I know the Rangers have had their struggles recently. Like, it seems to be a cycle. And which leads me to my next question. Do you think superstars, aside from Katie and Kyrie, are going to come to New York anytime soon, considering the city's failure with players such as Kristaps Porzingis, Carmelo Anthony, Odell Beckham Jr., even the Mets had trouble with Syndergaard? Will anyone come, else, will anyone come, come to New York, really? Um, I think it really has to do with the ownership. So 
culture is a really big thing. We saw that with Kevin Durant and Kyrie, how they went to the Nets instead of the Knicks. Um, so I think if the Knicks, if you get Dolan out of there, uh, I think the Giants are still a bit of a destination if you can figure them out because although they're not doing great now, as a whole, they're not a complete dumpster fire. Uh, with the Islanders and Rangers, they're definitely doing a lot better of a job acquiring free agents. So the Rangers last offseason acquired Artemi Panarin, who in my eyes should win the MVP this year. Uh, the Islanders are doing a lot better. Uh, they have a new ownership group that's been so far so good. Uh, with the Jets, again, you need the Johnsons out. They uh, they got Le'Veon Bell last offseason uh, off ago, and he was obviously a huge name. The Yankee, the Yankees and Mets, it's kind of – it's hit or miss with the Mets, but the Yankees still bring in a lot of guys. They got Garrett Cole. So it really depends on the organization. But for most of New York teams, I think they do a good job of bringing in top names. Yeah, but I think, like, these past few years, like, New York has especially struggled because they lost OBJ because he wasn't happy with the Giants. They lost Carmelo, wasn't happy with the Knicks. They lost Porzingis, which was probably one of the worst ones because they were there in the Knicks' entire future. And now they're it looks like they're about to lose Jamal Adams too. Like they, These teams can't catch a break, and I think something needs to change, as you were saying. The management or the ownership needs to change because especially Jamal Adams where it, it was stated that the Joe Douglas wanted Jamal Adams a jet for life, and even after he said that, they can't get a deal done and Jamal Adams wants out. I would say the words are kind of cheap. I don't buy it when players or management says how they're going to stay a team for life. I've seen too many times Kyrie Irving with the Celtics or John Ferris with the Islanders a couple of years ago where they say they're going to stay and they don't. Um, Tavares said it literally every game that he was going to play, so that was definitely more shocking than Kyrie who just said it before the season. But I, I, talk is cheap to me. Um, I don't buy it. I've just seen it. I've just seen people go against the word too many times. But I think when you look at the teams that have been struggling to get, bring in top free agents, it's kind of the same teams. So the Jets and the Giants haven't, been, haven't brought people in, um, or at least the Jets have been having some issues. The Knicks haven't brought anyone in, and that's really all with ownership. So the Mars haven't been great recently. Um, the Johnsons have been just strange. I think Woody Johnson's now like the ambassador of the U.S., yeah. Um, and the next James Dolan is just a dumpster fire. So it really all depends with that. It's true because the Knicks are never going to get anyone until Dolan's out. We've we have literal, literal proof of that with Kevin Durant and Kyrie completely shading them and going to Brooklyn right next door. So yeah, we've we've really seen a lot of decline with these free agents in New York. But as you said, the Rangers look are looking good, and I think it could be on the rise if management becomes better. Yeah. So, Kyle, um, this is me and Christian have debated this in the past. What do you think is the best New York sports moment in the past 10 years? Because there are definitely a lot of options, but putting it down to one is definitely tough. In the past 10 years, I obviously just have to say the Giants Super Bowl just because they won it all. So you've had Mm -hmm. some great ones where the Mets with their 2015 run. Um, You could even say some signings like the Rangers with Panarin or the Yankees with Garrett Cole, but I really put it down the championships, and the Giants were the only ones the last 10 years to win to win a championship, so I got to give it to them. Yeah, that comes to my mind, too, when I think of best New York moment. In addition to that moment, then when the Super Bowl, also the OBJ catch. I don't know why that comes to my Same. mind, because it, it's not a championship, but just how iconic it, it was, that just really um, it sticks with me. 
but yeah, there's definitely been a bunch. Even you could say Katie and Kyrie. That was definitely huge for New York. The thing with Katie and Kyrie, where I wouldn't put it at the top, is just my opinion. Because even though the Nets are the far better team right now, it's still a Knicks town. So I think the Nets would really have to capture the city, which I just can't see that happening anytime soon. But I think it's definitely a great moment for the organization. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, that, that I think we covered a lot. Oh, we have um, one last question. One last question. Out of all your New York arenas that you've been to or stadiums, which one's your favorite? Um, it's at Hart Island. I'm definitely biased with this answer, but I love the NASA Coliseum. I've started going there. I've started going there since I was like two years old and I was a baby. Um, the arena as a whole sucks. I'm not going to lie. You have to wait on 20-minute lines to use the bathroom. Um, it's cramped. The food's not great, but it's just kind of home to me. Um, if I want to look at just which is the nicest, it's got to be MSG. Uh, they renovated a couple of years ago, but the food's great. There's a lot of leg room. Although the teams kind of suck, even though the Rangers are doing well, uh, the Garden's probably the nicest arena. But the costume is my favorite place to watch anything just because I've been there so many times and it's kind of in my family. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you with that. MSG is definitely top notch, even as a Nets fan who goes to Barclays a lot. MSG is definitely up there. I would, pick, yeah. I would pick MSG, but I honestly think Barclays is right up there with it now. I've been there quite a few times. It, the mm-hmm. seating, I think the, the way that how open it is is perfect for basketball, not for hockey. But yeah, it's a nice place. Where do the Islanders even play right now? Did they play Barclays or? So, okay. So it's a really odd situation. So Governor Cuomo announced uh, some, at some time in March how the rest of the Islanders season, the rest of the Islanders season, all their playoff games, and then the 2020-21 season when we played the NASA Coliseum. But Prokhorov, who was the Nets owner, um, when he owned the Barclays Center, he also bought the Coliseum. So he operates the Coliseum. But because the Coliseum is in between sizes, so it's too small to attract a big name artist like Justin Bieber, but it's too small to get like a small ice skating show. I mean, it's too big for a small ice skating show. They're kind of just in the middle. So they're having trouble getting acts. They're putting someone on like once every other weekend. So they're in a lot of debt. So Prokhorov announced that he's shutting down the Coliseum until he can figure out a way to get out of debt or get a new or get someone to take over the building. But Laura Curran, who runs Nassau County, said that the next Island game is going to be at the Nassau Coliseum. So is the county going to buy the Coliseum? No one really knows what's going to happen. It's kind of up in, up in the air. Um, Belmont Arena, which is the Islanders are building the new arena. It's supposed to be really nice, although I don't love the plan. I'm against a lot of Islander fans, but I don't love how it's going to be operated. Um, but it's going to be done for 2021, 2022. So they have one year that they need to play. They need, they need a year. They need an arena to play for one year. Um, Arthur Staples, the Islanders beat writer, was even saying how they could play Madison Square Garden or they would play at their practice rink. It's really all up in the air right now, and no one knows. Yeah, because so they're going to be playing at NASU for the playoff. Is that that's the plan for now? They were supposed to play at the Coliseum for okay. the playoffs, but now because of the whole hub and hub cities and coronavirus, mm-hmm. they're probably going to be they're going to be in either Edmonton or Toronto. Oh, okay. Just curious, what sense. don't you like about the Belmont plan? Because I feel like that'd be a perfect way for the Islanders to grow, being right next to the Mets. So just logistically, I, I think the plan sucks. Um, 
it really all depends though on what happens with public transit so they're oh, saying yeah. that they're going to get a train uh train rail done so you'll be able to have it so you can go from out east and go to games and come from penn station but right they're gonna have to hold, do a whole renovation and the mta and the long island railroad hasn't had a new track and a new full station since like the 1950s so i'm just not that optimistic that it's going to be done um and then if you don't have if you can't figure out the public transit the entire arena is pretty much screwed because there's not much land at belmont because the plan is to have an arena have like an a whole like entertainment center and then put like a shopping district so the shopping district is taking most of the land and because it's taking most of the land there's not much room for parking so they're gonna be adding another parking lot but they're gonna be using most of the lots that's done from the belmont racetrack and all of those are like a half mile away from the call uh, a half mile away from the arena so they've been pitching the idea of maybe doing trams back and forth but uh back and forth between the lots and the arena, but I don't think the fans are going to want to do that. If I'm going to a game, I'm not going to have to, I'm not going to want to wait 20 minutes to get a tram to go home. So it really all depends. I don't think there's going to be some fans that don't want to have to walk a half mile to get to their car. I think the farthest lot was around three quarters of a mile and no one, and there's definitely some fans that don't want to walk that. So if you can figure out the public transit and get the train in, then the arena will be a hit. It, it would be a perfect plan, but if you can't get that done, I'm honestly a bit skeptical. Um, then the whole arena screwed. Well, that's a lot that's of information. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 intense. It's unfortunate that the these Islanders fans like you have to have to go through all this uh, this nonsense here with this. Their it's actually pretty crazy. I didn't even think about that. I thought it was yeah. just be a perfect way for them to grow, being so close to City Field. But turns out mm-hmm. it's not really that ideal. Yeah, and then Belmont actually isn't that close to City Field. Oh, it's so, not. Oh. Yeah, it's at, it's at the Belmont Racetrack. It's about ten minutes away from JFK. Oh, okay. um, it's probably a fifteen twenty minute drive to City Field. Uh, it's not not close, but it's not right next to each other. Um, yeah, if if you can figure out a way to get the trains done, this will be a state of the art arena. It will be the perfect home for the Islanders for the next forty years. But if not, it could be it could get a little sad for Islander fans yeah yeah well hopefully that that all gets sorted out in the next few months but yeah um I think that's it Kyle it was great having you on as a guest you definitely offered a lot of nice insight on hockey and the baseball seasons hopefully those all go well and uh congrats on all your success with the battle of New York it's it's great having you it was great having you on yeah, we yeah, really thanks. appreciate it. Thanks we'll be sure to me. link your uh, website and your uh, social medias forward in our description. And uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Love talking New York sports. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you all for listening. CP for three podcast signing off.